This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Because hosting one show wasn't enough, I'm here. On a Thursday drive, WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. Sat in for Adam Gold today, but fired up because we are two days away from North Carolina kicking it off against FAMU at Keenan Stadium Saturday night. And there's a rule in sports that I think most coaches and a lot of players live by. Respect the game. Respect your opponent. And that's something you hear a lot, especially that second thing. Always, always respect your opponent. So if you are a coach or a player and you're listening to this, you might want to stick your uh, fingers in your ears. You watched Usual Suspects for the first time last night, WD. I forget. Have we made you watch Old School yet? Have you seen that? We haven't done that one yet, and no, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Earmuffs is what I was going to say here because I got a feeling – there will be folks, especially of that ilk, who disagree with what I'm about to say vehemently, adamantly. Oh, it's heresy, what you're about to say as North Carolina gets set for this game. I don't think Carolina needs to respect their opponent Saturday. I think the team that they're playing the following week is who should be top of mind. Appalachian State should be top of mind for Carolina Saturday night. They will never admit this but I think they're going to be as well. Never look ahead. Always respect your opponent. 99% of the time that applies. I think this is the exception, and this is why. The reason they are playing in week zero, the actual, literal reason, Carolina didn't want a repeat of last year, where they opened up in the mountainous area of Blacksburg in a hornet's nest, and we're unprepared. And they had the deer in the headlights look. You don't want the first time you step on the field to be going to Boone and playing App State and what's bound to be a circus. You don't want that to be the case. So what do you do? Well, you can't change the App State date because that's been on the books for a long time, and App State fans have had that circle for forever. The day that that went on the books, they've been circling this day. It might be the biggest day in the history of Boone. So, you play in week zero. Let's schedule an HBCU. Let's pay a team that's going to get slaughtered. Let's pay a team to get slaughtered. And that's what Carolina's doing. It's a pay game. So, you're playing this game to give your young players run and to be firing on all cylinders out of the gate, playing with confidence, so that when you go to Boone, you have a better shot at winning. Because, frankly, they could sleepwalk into a double-digit win Saturday night. They're going to win by a ton. So don't overreact to it. They should. FAMU has like 60 scholarship players. A third of them are transfers. So I doubt Carolina's going to show much schematically. Bill Longo or Gene Chizik. 
This is where the chess match comes in. App State is going to be watching everything Carolina shows that night, every snap. And that could give App State an advantage. Carolina, after all, doesn't know what new stuff the Mountaineers have been working on. They don't know what App State is going to bring that we didn't see in 2021. So in that sense, Carolina might be at a bit of a disadvantage just as long as they show something. That will be an important viewpoint. You almost view it like a preseason game. You have vanilla formations and you you go through the motions. It's a tune-up. You don't want to show anything that could hurt you in film study. But I guarantee you Carolina's going to show one thing. They're going to script some deep shots in there. Chess match, yet again. App State should be top of mind for the Tar Heels. You want to script some deep shots. Why? So that App State has to prepare for it. So that App State sees that on tape. And that way they'll have to prepare for it. That way they'll have to respect it and practice it. And maybe, just maybe, even though you have such a young quarterback who's inexperienced, you don't get the box loaded on you every time with App State begging you to stretch the field and to take a shot. So I'll guarantee that. You're going to see some deep shots scripted in there by the Tar Heels. Drake May, first week is the starting quarterback, or I guess the first quarterback that's going to run out there for Carolina. Trying to honor Mac Brown's wishes here. Here's the latest update on how Drake's looked at practice. thought yesterday was good. I thought he was great today. And and give uh, Jacoby credit. He's been great both days. He, he's gone back to work. He's competed. He understands that uh, he's a snap away from, from being the guy and being out there. Uh, and he's uh, he's responded to that really well. You never know how, how people are going to respond to adversity. No. And that's why you want him out there. Before you go to Boone, where it's going to be Crazy Town, USA, high noon on the mountain, before the first shots are fired, before the first live action is it's live played. action, Tracy. Quick on the pull trigger there. Will Dalton, executive producer of this show, the WD. I'm fired up. When will Saturday get here? You and I going to be at Keenan Stadium. Excited for that. Whew. It's not going to be much of a game. No, but we'll but, have a good time. Yeah. You know, packed stadium. We'll be allowed to see these players face-to-face for the first time in three years. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. Just got a note from the Panthers that locker rooms are going to be open this year for Carolina. So that's exciting. Two weeks from the night, the NFL season kicks off. One week from the night, Wake Forest kicking it off against VMI. It is a great time of year. It's also Thursday of predictions week. So I've got my Super Bowl pick ready to go. You can hold me accountable for this. It's what I believe is going to happen. And much like the Bracketology show right after the brackets are released in March, where Billis and Reese Davis and others are starting with their Elite Eight matchups before they get to the Final Four. I've got my conference championship matchups for you here. And in the NFC, I'm forecasting a rematch of the NFC championship game from last year. Niners-Rams, all NFC West. And once again, 
I think the advantage is going to lie with Sean McVay. McVay has Kyle Shanahan's number. And I think San Francisco, there is a lot of truth to they would not part ways with Jimmy G the way they're parting ways if they didn't believe that Trey Lance was a better option. Just take a look at what Green Bay's doing, the lits they've gone to make sure Aaron Rodgers sticks around. Even though they drafted Jordan Love in the first round, they traded up to do so like San Francisco did. So I do think you're going to get elevated play, but when you get on a stage where you are one step away from the Super Bowl and you're a rookie, really a rookie in Trey Lance's case, even though I understand it is technically his second year, um, I'm going to favor the defending champs. So the Rams go to the Super Bowl. Who will they play, though? In the AFC, I've got Ravens-Bills, but it's not Buffalo that's hosting the game. I think Baltimore is going to have a better record this season, easier schedule, Lamar Jackson revenge season, the whole works. But I think Buffalo is just bulletproof the way their roster looks. They are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, and I think they get there winning on the road. They weren't deterred. They were not afraid going into Arrowhead last year. I don't think they're going to be afraid going into Baltimore. So your Super Bowl matchup, the L.A. Rams looking to repeat versus the Buffalo Bills, who have never won a Super Bowl, have not been to the Super Bowl since they lost four in a row in the early 1990s. I think you know where I'm headed here. I'm not going to pick the preseason odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. We can't be that chalky. Rams-Bills is chalky enough. I'm not going with the trendy pick. I do have concerns about Ken Dorsey replacing Brian Dayball, who's now a head coach. Sean McVay is going to out-scheme, out-coach, out-call, however you want to phrase it, Ken Dorsey. And the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl in Glendale next February, becoming the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champs. It's crazy that this is the case. In close to 20 years, the New England Patriots in 2003 and 2004. Super Bowl 38, Super Bowl 39, 38 against the Carolina Panthers, of course, and then beat the Eagles the year after that. I think we're talking about the repeating Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams. That's what I got. That's my Super Bowl pick. We are now chatting with Luke May, who plays basketball in Spain. That is where we're talking to you now, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so help me figure this out. Saturday night, North Carolina is going to kick things off at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Keenan. And I know this because my sister lived in Madrid for much of last year. It is a six-hour difference between where we're at right now and where Spain is at. So by my calculations, wasn't a math major at East Carolina. It's going to be a 2.15 a.m. start for the Tar Heels if you were to watch that game Saturday night or I guess Sunday morning from where you're at. Your younger brother, Drake, is starting at quarterback for the Heels. Where will Luke May be at 2.15 a.m. Spanish time? I'll be in front of TV, wide awake, watching the watching little bro, man. I couldn't miss it for the world. 
How special is it for you and your family? We heard Drake earlier this week say one of the boys had to play football because, of course, your dad <laughs> was a quarterback for the Heels. Watching Drake's journey from being an Alabama commit, then following in your dad and your footsteps going to Chapel Hill, waiting behind Sam and getting this opportunity, what do you think you're going to feel when you see him in that uniform running out there for the first time? Yeah, it would be uh... – It'd be really cool for sure, man. Just uh, happy for him, and he's worked really hard. He's gotten to this point, and uh, just super excited to kind of see how he does, see how he uh, most importantly handles adversity. Cause, I mean, like anything in sports, I mean, things are going to not go your way every time, and uh, I'm happy to kind of get to see him out there, get to see him competing, and uh, it'll be exciting. Hopefully uh, they start off with a win and uh, get the season to roll on the right foot. Your dad, Mark, was also, as I mentioned, a Tar Heel quarterback, but I believe he was Drake's quarterback before he or his uh his coach before he arrived on campus in Chapel Hill too. So walk me through this. Who's gonna be a bigger wreck at Keenan Stadium Saturday night watching Drake? Mom or dad? <laughs> I think mom, because mom has to hear about it from my dad. So uh but uh, my dad's usually pretty cool and pretty calm uh, during the game. And, uh, I mean, he obviously kind of sees things out there and wants Drake to do well. But, uh, I mean, it, it's, 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 a, it's a game, and uh, he knows Drake's doing his best. I mean, at the end of the day, like, he loves him and he supports him no matter what. But uh, it'll definitely be exciting time, and uh, I'm sure uh, there'll be uh, – some things that Drake doesn't do well in my dad's eyes, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, he's going to be working to help the Carolina football team win. And it's not only Drake out there. I mean, got a lot of guys out there that are trying to do the best they can. And uh, I mean, obviously, playing college athletics at a high level, I know just from experience. I mean, even some games when you're not really uh, the opponent, is it up to your level? I mean, it's very easy to kind of overlook them and I think that's something that everybody's got to learn how to manage and handle and I'm excited to see how Drake and those guys do uh first couple games of the season because uh second week I mean apps a really really good team and I think it'll be a good test for us early in the year. Luke May is with us joining us from Spain talking about his brother's first career start Saturday night for the Tar Heels against Florida A&M. So how much different, though, do you think the feedback is going to be from Dad after the game for Drake than the feedback you got from Dad, considering <laughs> he was a quarterback and played football? I mean, I think, I mean, me and Drake would both agree. I mean, feedback's going to be pretty similar, you know. I mean, even though my dad didn't play basketball at my level, I think he's watched it enough, and uh, he played it at in high school, and, I mean, he knows knows the game really well, and I think he might be a little bit harder on Drake just because he knows that position so well. But, I mean, my dad, I mean, he loves us and he cares about us, but he wants us to do the best we can. And I mean, he's going to nitpick everything, and I think uh, it'll be good for Drake to kind of hear from him, and uh, especially after his first game because I know it's, it's going to be diff different kind of atmosphere than playing in high school. So uh, I'm excited to see how he does. It'll be, it'll be a really good game. Who's better, Luke May 
at football or Drake May at basketball? <laughs> oh, that's tough. I don't know. Uh, I played football not in high school but in middle school, and I really loved it, and I was pretty good. But I have to say Drake's probably better basketball. He's he's a really good athlete, really good player, and could have played basketball in college. Um, but, uh, I mean, we never know because, I mean, I didn't really – carry out my football dream but uh i'd definitely probably say drake's probably better at basketball than i am at football luke may's with us here i want to get to a couple other things since i've got you dennis cox who you were talking to just a second ago a second ago is a huge pittsburgh steeler fan and i read somewhere that you were childhood friends with mason rudolph is that right yeah me and mason are real good friends i just spent uh couple weekends of summer with them, hanging out with them, talking about the season. I mean, happy for him. I mean, I think he's in a great spot there in Pittsburgh. He's with a really good organization, and they got a big battle there at quarterback and uh, got some guys who are really, really good players. So it would be interesting to see how that works yeah, out. And that's I where I want to get – and that's where I want to get real quick, though, Luke, because when you were the star at Carolina, the quarterback was some guy named Mitch Trubisky. So I didn't know if there was a relationship there as well. How closely are you keeping an eye on this quarterback battle in Pittsburgh? Well, I'm keeping a good, a real close eye. I mean, I've I know Mitch, and Mitch is a really good guy, and uh, had a great career at Carolina, and uh, really talented kid. And I just I wish him the very best as well. So I mean, I think Pittsburgh's in good hands, and they also drafted a quarterback who's one of the best, if not the best, in this past class. And I think. Uh, all three of them have really good chance, but I mean, obviously Mason being a friend since I was really young, and him and my dad room, him and his dad and my dad room together at college. I mean, just I mean, obviously I'm pulling for him, but I think all three guys really good players. Luke May with us here. Got to talk about Tar Heel basketball as well. Did you get a chance at any point this summer to come back and hoop it up with this group? I was back all summer. Uh, trying to see how the guys were looking. I mean, obviously, they got a lot of guys back. They're a really talented team, and uh, just trying to make sure their minds prepared for what they got coming this year just because last year they were doing a lot of the hunting, and it's different when every night you're supposedly preseason number one and uh, everybody's going to be gunning for you. So uh, I'm excited to see how they battle that. And like I mentioned earlier, just battling adversity and kind of seeing how everything works out in that stance, but uh, they got a great team and coach Davis has done an unbelievable job and I'm really excited to see how they do this year. Cause I think they're going to make another run at it. And I, I think they got a great chance and they got a talent to win it. So uh, that's all you, that's all you need to need to really know and go in and teach game. You got to be confident and ready to play. Like you said, a lot of guys back, we know the scouting report on Caleb Love and Armando Baycott and many of the others but we don't really know much about Pete Nance, who transferred him from Northwestern. Can you give me a scouting report on him after watching him play? <laughs> Man, I'm not going to give too much. Cause, I mean, <laughs> y'all see, y'all see how, how Pete plays out on the court. But, and Pete's a great guy, uh, really, uh, really talented, um, can play inside, play outside, defends, runs the court well. It's uh He's 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 got a lot lot going for him, so I'm I'm excited to see how he does this year in Coach Davis's offense. And he's a different player than Brady, so I mean I think 
that would be good because, I mean, just kind of give us a different dynamic because obviously Brady is Brady and Pete is Pete, and Pete needs to play his style of play. And I'm excited to see how him and Mondo play together because I think that could be a really dynamic duo. Dare I say Pete Nance's game is similar to Luke May's? I don't know. We got uh, we, we, we got different attributes. He's almost seven feet and got long arms, and uh, he's uh, probably a little bit more athletic. But uh, I don't know if he can shoot it near as well as I can. Ooh. But uh, I, uh, I, I think he's going to have a great year, and I'm excited to see how him and Tar Heels do this year. I heard it. I heard it straight from Luke there. Okay, Brady's Brady shooting the ball, but Brady's not Luke May. Put it on the ESPN bottom I scroll. I don't that. know. <laughs> I mean, Brady, Brady can shoot it, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, he can really play. I mean, I think it'd be a really good shooting contest. But, I'd, uh, I'd like to watch that. Let's do that for charity. We'll figure it out. Get Luke May <laughs> and Brady Manic three-point shootout. Yeah, that would be, that'd be interesting for hey, sure. Hey, I know you're in Spain. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Best of luck with your pro career out there. And I know – it's going to be an early wake-up call watching your brother play Saturday night. Thanks for squeezing in some time for us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. So we really are steering into the skid on the rejoins, aren't we? The angelic <laughs> voice. I love it. Well, I don't know. Well, I I like I like this aspect of it. As she's like echoing out, I can just hit the music and it's just it's real crisp. Kind of like that. Not gonna lie. We used to hear from her just once an hour. Now we're hearing from her <laughs> multiple times an hour. She, hey, she likes the show. What do you want? I understand. I'm wondering if this is a ploy just to. Uh, Make me uncomfortable. We do like doing that around here. That know. is unbeaten content. You know, I went to a blackboard one time, or I guess it was a dry erase board, and I wrote down the co the content that people in the triad care the most about. And at the very top was the Carolina Panthers. And then below that, you start to get into a conversation, is it Carolina basketball, Wake Forest football, Appalachian State football, right? And you just try to figure out what order do you put these things in that people care about. Then I realized I had the wrong thing at the top of this dry erase board. The thing that people are in, they want to hear the most, more than the Carolina Panthers in the triad, is the host bothered and annoyed. So that's actually number one on the list. People care more about me being annoyed, if you're listening to me right now, than the Carolina Panthers in the triad. I'm willing to bet on that. And one reason I get annoyed with Will Dalton is that he hasn't seen any of these movies. And these movies pretty much means any movie. That's why we created this segment, because I've had enough of it. We'll finally watch The Usual Suspects, so let's go to the movies. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. Okay, and next week, 
you're going to watch Space Jam for the first time. Why? Because you haven't seen Space Jam. The same reason I watch all these movies. Your childhood was deprived. There's no real good excuse for not seeing Space Jam. Oh. But then again, you haven't seen Grease either. My yes. Have you seen Toy Story? I told you I love Toy Story. Okay. It's, it's, it's like neck and neck with cars is my favorite. If you were going to go 0 for 3 in that category, I might just stop. <laughs> I might just stop doing the radio show. My what childhood. did you like about what did you like about the usual suspects? This one's fairly obvious. The ending. The twist. The twist. I mean, you first didn't see of it coming, all, did you? Did anybody? I mean Sarah Bradford did. She right before it was about to be revealed, she's like, I bet you that Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Sosa. Well and she was right. Oh, she so she she kinda had a hunch then. She I, did. I mean this movie had a very similar feel to, as, as far as the Kevin Spacey piece of it, Seven, and kind of that. Gee, why? Because the guy, because it came out the same year and the guy involved in the twist was Kevin Spacey? I mean, yeah, but the <laughs> twist. Like, it is Seven had a wild twist, twist that I didn't see coming. And this it is one, one had, of the greatest twists ever. Yeah. What's a better twist? Ooh. I. I think this one. Mm -hmm. I think this one. Like he literally like just took things and details from the the detective's office and put this thing together. The story. Well, the beautiful part about it is, apparently the cast had no idea who Kaiser Sose was going to be as they were shooting this movie. It makes they didn't sense. know. So, other people thought they were going to be Kaiser Sose as this movie is being shot and apparently one of the actors got so upset that it wasn't him when they found out at the end that Kaiser Soze was Kevin Spacey all along. I mean, it makes sense because I mean, some of the best plot twists and and the way they're acted is so much better because the actors themselves don't know. Like Mark Hamill did not know that Darth Vader was his father. Nobody knew hmm. that on set except George. Big Daddy George. Didn't know that. Yeah. What did you dislike? The fact that I spent the entire movie trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Like I, yeah. I'm like sitting here like trying like because like obviously the opening was the boat scene and all that and I'm just sitting here trying to like piece things together and figure out like what what is going on here? So It is tough to follow. It, it's it a was. great rewatch because then you start piecing things together you're like, "Oh, he was trying this is a breadcrumb." This is a breadcrumb that you didn't recognize was a breadcrumb from the first time you watched. What I dislike rewatching this is thinking about Kevin Spacey and the director Brian Singer and all the things they were accused of doing. Were they accused which of? Which is why you don't see a lot. I'll just let you get on the Google machine I on that. That's probably a good idea. Kevin Spacey was one of the first to get Me Too'd oh. a few years ago hmm. after Harvey Weinstein. Probably rightfully so. But it's important that you separate the art from the artist. You it can is. look at this movie and say, Yeah, Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey, they might be monsters, but they're really good at what they do. Yeah. It's like when you watch a you watch uh, Chinatown, Roman Polanski. Go ahead and Google what he did if you don't know WD, which I imagine you don't. Make good movies. Woody Allen, like you gotta be able to separate this stuff. You just, you, you have to, or else... It'll ruin it for you. It'll ruin a lot of entertainment for you when yeah. you really dig into it. What's the best quote? 
How do you shoot the devil in the back? What if you miss? That one stuck with me. That was a good one. Nah, it has to be the line at the end. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he never existed. That was also That's a good one. A great line. What would you give this movie? See, you've been rough. You haven't really been able to get within three points of what the actual Rotten Tomatoes score is for these movies. Where are you at on usual suspects? I went low last week, and I missed, and I should have went high. I'm going to go 91 this time. Believe it or not, not high enough, 96%. Wow. And that's been At the Movies with the WD. We didn't have a lot of time to get into something that I feel we have some disagreements on yesterday. Uh, You like the Philadelphia Eagles this year. This is predictions week, so I'll say things that you either agree with or disagree with or haven't thought about, and maybe you're persuaded one way or the other. But something me and WD disagreed on, you like the Eagles. You're in. I'm not. Divisionally, yes. I don't think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. They are, in my opinion, the most overinflated team in the NFL. On paper, they look awesome, especially if you play fantasy football, which I feel like a lot of hype comes from. Wow, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, look at all these numbers. This is dangerous. Plus, they made the playoffs last year. So it's easy to look at it and say, whoa, boy, here we go. But football isn't an exact science like that. It's not played on paper. And like that paper, teams, you know, usually fantasy teams usually aren't the best teams on the actual football field. This team reminds me a lot of the Arizona Cardinals. Splashy moves, chasing that constantly. You have a coach that leaves you wanting more. Not a fan of Sirianni, not a fan of Cliff Kingsbury, never was. So when I start thinking about playoff teams from last year that I see missing out, I think of both the Eagles and the Cardinals. And I think the Eagles are a poor man's Arizona. Hertz isn't Kyler. Not a fan of the quarterback, not a fan of the coach. And unlike last year, there are not going to be multiple teams making the playoffs from the NFC East. I trust Dallas, believe it or not, with Dak and Mike McCarthy a little more than the Eagles, even with this Tyron Smith news today, where he's going to be out for a few months on the Cowboys O-line. Arizona and Philly, they're the two teams I have missing out. Usually you have multiple teams per conference that made the playoffs one year and the next year doesn't. That's the beauty of the NFL with a lot of turnover year to year. Chris Lee's here from WRAL. Rondo said WXII because, like you, (laughs) he's from the triad. But grammar school, explain the rules really quickly to the uninitiated. It's very simple. I have three words or a phrase right here in front of me. I will ask those to Josh Graham. They are of the urban persuasion. There's a lot of, you know, words and phrases that we use a lot in the urban roles, and I know that Josh, he's in those settings a lot, so he needs to understand some of the things that he may hear in a locker room or in passing. So that was the origin of grammar school. But this is season two. 
for all you late people. This is season two. And in season two, Josh has a word or phrase of the caucastic persuasion <laughs> that he likes to ask me first. Yeah, I do. So I'll just ask you real quickly. It's an easy one. What's a mint julep? No. <laughs> what is a mint julep? A mint julep? A mint julep. I've heard of it, but I do not know what this is. A mint julep is a beverage that I can get at Starbucks for half off on Tuesdays. That is incorrect. Think it. It's Wrong, an alcoholic sir. beverage. Wrong. Mostly consisting of bourbon, and I can't think of a more caucastic beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Than a mint julep. It's often found at the Kentucky Derby. Yes. You knew what a mint julep was? Yeah. Cultural differences. Hey, hey we're coming Dennis, together. I, I don't appreciate your sound effects, Dennis. It's a lot different. That was very loud. And, you know, but... <laughs> All right. So we're not off on the best foot, but that's usually how it goes for me. Maybe this is foreshadowing. I have Chris Lee here as a lifeline to help me out. Should I? Need a little bit of help. I get one lifeline. Correct. All right. Up first, Josh Graham. What does it mean to watch my six? Watch my six. If I tell you to watch my six, what am I saying to you? And if you have any sort of military experience, it would help you in this situation because it is a term that is used a lot um, in the military. But again, what does it mean to watch my six? Watch my six. Josh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, you cannot count on me for this one because I, <laughs> I grew up in the suburbs. <laughs> Man, I don't know which one. Oh, Dennis Cox knows oh, this one? I do. Oh, wow. Let me think on this for a second. Watch my six. You're I can see that. You're like walking out of the room. Hey, man, watch my six. Hmm. hmm. I'm going to say it's like watching somebody's back, so to speak. Like the same way you would tell someone to cover you. Like in one of these bank robbery movies. Hey, cover me. Maybe this is like watch my back, watch my six. That's what I'm guessing. That would be 100% correct, Josh. Yeah! Okay. Good job. Let's go. Good stuff. 100% correct. Woo! Wow. Up next. Did not have to use a lifeline. You're yeah. on a good foot, Josh Graham. Okay. If someone says they are about to let the chopper ring. <laughs> let the chopper what? Let the chopper ring. Yeah, what does that rain? mean? Like R-A-I-N? Ring. Ring. R-I-N-G. Ring. Or the chopper can sing. And, or the chopper could sing. The chopper could sing, too. <laughs> We're playing grammar school. Let the chopper ring. Chop, chop, chop. Is the question. Dot, explain what advice you normally get me if I'm in a rut. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Josh Graham, over the years that we've been playing this, whenever he doesn't know the answer to something, the answer is usually drugs. So he's he has a theory that whenever he doesn't know the answer, to just guess drugs. Or guns. Or guns. Drugs or guns is one or the other. And whenever I 
And I think that's where I'm headed here. I'm going to keep my lifeline so that way I have a shot at the third one in case I don't know. Let the chopper ring. I'm going to say is like bang, bang, pow, pow. Like you're you're shooting <laughs> a weapon. You're emptying the clip, so to speak. Let me. Can I please hear the weapon again? Okay. It's <laughs> bang, bang, pow, pow. Yeah, <laughs> correct. You're correct. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Oh, I'm so excited. I love this game when it goes well. I hate it when it doesn't. <laughs> now, Chris and Dennis, do not let him know the answer to this. Because if you would let him know you know the answer, he'll just automatically say lifeline and get three for three. Okay. okay. So if you know the answer, I need poker faces on this. Okay. Josh. Uh-huh. What is a Richard Milley? Richard Milley. Okay. Richard Milley went to uh, Johns Hopkins. Is that good enough for you? Oh, I smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> I love stepbrothers. <laughs> Richard Milley. I'm going to use my lifeline. I'm going to look at Chris. He doesn't want to make eye contact with me, so I think he knows. Sorry, Dot. Oh my gosh! And in the lifeline, am I telling you straight out? Yeah, just you just told me. Okay, it is a watch. Oh! It's, a, it's an expensive, really luxurious. Not like my Apple Watch. Watch. No, you, you do no. not have a, a Richard Milley. No. I left Richard, that one at home in Winston. My Richard Milley. Are you gonna go with? Are you gonna go with that as your answer, Josh Graham? Yes, I am. As your final answer. That's correct. To go three for three for the day. Yeah. Then you are correct. Three Let's for three. Let's go. For the day for Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You always do well when you sit in AGC, man. I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard Millie's, they start at four hundred thousand dollars. Just in yeah. case you were in. More more than what my house costs. I want to tee up dot on something here real quick. Um see me? so I saw this Chet Holmgren news that Chet Holmgren's out for the year with that oh. dreaded Liz Frank injury that got Matt Corral and got Cam Newton. What do you know about Liz Franks? All right, so Liz Franks. Like, this is an injury that happened because there was a French doctor named Jacques Liz Frank, right? And these um, soldiers in the French war, they would be um, dismounting from their horses and they would get these lists where well, they would get these injuries in their foot where they would break like the middle of their foot. And Dr. Liz Frank did so many successful surgeries in that regard that they named that injury the Liz Frank injury to the point where Look Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Bonaparte, he had the Liz Frank injury, and Dr. Jacques Liz Frank actually um, healed, healed him as well. Look at you, Dot. See? Yeah. This is why yeah. we go to Dot. My man is a historian now. Not only is it black history, he knows world history. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe you didn't either. <laughs> Dot, so before we let you go as well, we're two days away from the Tar Heels kicking it off against Florida A&M. You love the Tar Heels. But you love your HBCUs as well. How conflicted right. are you Saturday night? Very, very, very conflicted. But because I know that, you know, um, that UNC signs the checks, go <laughs> baby. You know what I'm <laughs> Listen, Hill's going to dominate. No, I'm expecting a good game for FAMU, like I was saying earlier this week, man. Um, as far as HBCUs are concerned, this is a big, big deal. This is a chance for us to get on the main stage and really compete against a big a big school like um, Carolina. 
Um, and I'm expecting FAMU to play very, very, um, you know, difficult or hard or, or tough and, and give them a game. But I'm expecting Carolina to win. I got a lot of guys over there that I'm rooting for, um, Ja and Ra-Ra and, and Travis. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited for the Carolina boys, and I just hope that they can, you know, they got uh, Drake May at, at, at the helm. And, you know, it's some exciting things and some exciting energy around Chapel Hill, especially seeing we're going to be leaving from the blue-white scrimmage that's going to be very, very exclusive because, like, coaches and, and some media people can't even come to this joint. It's off the chains. You going to let me in? Nope. But if you subscribe to my Instagram, you can watch. All right, there you go. That's a pretty good tease. Is that why? Is that why when we've tried to get in contact with everybody, uh, nobody will get in contact yeah, with us I about putting I cameras in there? I, uh, I haven't heard back. Out? I, I I texted the folks over there. I haven't heard back. I'm telling you, man. Like I, I've been talking to coaches and stuff, and like coaches can't even be in there. Like it's media that work for Carolina that can't be in there due to the NIL the, um, NIL rules. I'm not a hundred percent educated on how all that works i'm just happy that i got the phone call that i can be there and i can do the pa and we're gonna have twenty-one thousand fans in there and, and two um guest um coaches and it's gonna be a great time Dot, love you bro thanks for doing this love you too anytime man y'all be good guys